Hello, welcome back to Gruesome Bacon. Mm-hmm. Bacon. Bacon, just like what my crux says. I know, this fool couldn't get a C for his bacon they on his They didn't have shoes. a C at a time. So he has bagon. <laughs> I keep bugging about it. Whatever, it looks similar. Yeah, it looks fine. Yeah. Um, before I actually start today's story, mm-hmm. we do want to give a shout out. Yeah. Yeah, to one of our new friends on, on Instagram. Instagram. Yes. Who are uh, they? The lovely Amanda and Pamela from... What the qualm. <laughs> yes. Go check them out, guys, by the way. Yeah. like So friendly, by the way. Totally. I actually spoke to Amanda, you know, on Instagram. Yes. So cool. Like, she's definitely one of those friends that you wish you had. In real life. Yeah. In real life. Like, you can, like, literally just crack open a bottle of champagne every Friday. Or have, like, mimosas at brunch, you know? Oh, that girl. Yes. You know? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so basic. <laughs> <laughs> we both are. Uh, anyway. Mm. Without further ado, let's get into today's case, maybe? Yeah. Oh, actually, I'm really pissed off today. Why? I'm not in a good mood. Why? The damn Toronto drivers, man. They That's me right. Off. They actually <laughs> pissed both of us off. <laughs> I was screaming in the car. Okay, let me just say one quick thing, okay, guys? The left lane is the fast lane or the passing lane, okay? If you're going to drive at 80... Stay get the out the way. Fuck away from that lane. Like, don't go in that lane. Like, okay? how did you get your driver's license? I don't know if you guys know this, but you're not supposed to drive under the speed limit. You can actually get charged for causing traffic. So instead of worrying about going too fast, just drive moderately. Exactly. If you're driving moderately with everybody else, you're not going to get in trouble. Okay, but please. If you're going to drive slow, go on the far right so we know to overpass you, Exactly. Okay? All right. But they're, like, they're scattered around, like, everywhere just to yeah. block the traffic. I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to zigzag like a fucking asshole, but, like, seriously. Anyways, we digress. Let's get into today's episode. Yes. All right. So, guess where we're going today? Where? We're going to Hawaii. Ooh. Party time. Right? Like, I always <laughs> wanted to go there. I think it's very, very, very beautiful. Yeah. And I love how in their culture, they still consider, like, um, hula dancing to be very important as a form of, like, storytelling yeah. and a form of pride. I guess that's a part of their roots. Yes. You know? Yes. It's something from their past that, you know, people have tried to eradicate, but they didn't. And I'm very happy for them that they were able to hold on to their culture and it wasn't lost or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What are a couple things that you like about Hawaii? Okay. As you know, I'm a foodie. So I would say totally the the cuisine. Yeah. Like poke bowls. Poke bowls. So good. I take mine with tuna. I, I've done tuna. Yeah. I've done salmon. I like both. Honestly, okay. it's just like okay, a sashimi salad. Yes, so healthy is. too. It is. It's so good for you. Yes. Uh, apart from that, I would say definitely the um, the Hawaiian hospi- hospitality. Yes, Hawaiian hospitality for sure. People are very, very, very nice kind. there, yes. Yeah. They treat you like family. Totally. Right? So, a couple little tidbits about um, Hawaii. It is actually a sovereign state ever since like 1959, I believe. Yes. A lot of people don't know that. Yes. So, before that, Hawaii actually had a queen. I don't know her name. I'm sorry. I know that starts with an L, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay. And I don't want to butcher it. No, I don't (laughs) want to butcher it. But she was overthrown by businessmen and uh, people that owned plantations. Yeah. And she was overthrown. And basically, Hawaii was stolen. 
from her. From her yes. and her people for a long, long time. And, you know, hopefully one day Hawaii will be the country that it used to be uh, on its own. They you deserve know? it. Because it is, you know, Hawaiian land. You know what I mean? Exactly. So as we were saying before, yes. there's a lot of Japanese influence mm-hmm. in Hawaii. The person we're talking about today is offering offspring of someone who migrated to Honolulu. Okay. To Hawaii itself. His name is Byron Koji Ayasugi. I'm really sorry if I butchered that name. <laughs> I'm really sorry. He was born in Hawaii, in Honolulu. And he lived in a neighborhood called Nu'uanu Neighborhood. He attended Roosevelt High School. And he was a member of the school's army, J-ROTC. And was a member of the school's riflery team. Oh, uh, what is that? So, uh, I forget what it stands for, but it's basically... A precursor to joining West Point. Oh, so it's kind of kind of like a... It's an army school. Army program. Army program, yeah. Okay. In order for them to be prepared for West Point. Before West Point, okay. Yes, okay. exactly. Okay. And his classmates actually remember him as a very quiet person and never somebody that got into trouble or anything like that. Yeah. Right? However, that would change. He was in an accident in 1977... After he graduated, like any other high school kid, like, you know, like I did for sure. I went out. Stole my mom's car. I, I never stole my parents' car. <laughs> nah. I did. Really? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, that's a story for another time. Multiple times. <laughs> oh, my God. I could never. But anyways, he took his dad's car and he was driving back home from his graduation party, right? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Well, it's just so relatable. Anyways, <laughs> as I was saying before, yes, <laughs> his happy moment turned into something tragic. So he actually got into a car accident and his head, the front, like his forehead hit the front of the windshield. Oh. So there's a lot of damage to that frontal lobe area. You uh, know what I mean? I see something. And cool. his brother, Dennis, yes. actually noticed that he had changed drastically. Yeah. Like, like someone had flipped a switch and he was never the same. He just wasn't right. You know what? After that. The same thing happened to a lot of serial killers, like all the notorious ones. Yeah. Like Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. They all had that like frontal lobe um, damage, you know, in their head. Yeah. So like it's just literally it just changed their demeanor. Mm-hmm. Like ever since that accident, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's kind of pertinent. And something else happened to him. So when he started working in nineteen eighty four, he started working at a place called Xerox. I'm sure everybody knows that yeah. company name. So amongst his hobbies, he actually liked uh, growing, sorry, farming, I guess, farming goldfish and koi fish. Or breeding. Yeah, breeding. Yeah. yeah. And he would sell them to local pet stores. That's actually super cool. It is super cool. You know what isn't super cool is he had an extensive collection of firearms. Extensive? Yeah. Mm, he oh, had right. as many as 25 guns registered on his name. What the? Ever what? since 1982. 25? 25. I was going to say, you know what? Like when you talked about firearms, I was going to say, I was, you know, expecting like two to three because, Not, because no. of his background, right? Exactly. That makes sense. But 25, that's just yes. really alarming. He had 11 handguns, he had five rifles, and two shotguns. Wowzers. That's only the ones accounted, though. Oh, wait, there, there's probably more. 
Because, look, 11 plus 5 plus mm-hmm. 2. That doesn't add up to 25. No. That's, like, what, 19? Yeah. So he had them registered. Six more. But never found Illegally it. owned. Exactly. Wow. So according to his father... Everything was normal when he was working at Xerox. However, it changed in 1988 when his mom passed away. Oh. So he started getting headaches. He said he felt sharp pain in his head, at the front of his head. I think they were stress-induced migraines. And I I guess the migraines are probably also connected to his previous (laughs) head injuries. Exactly. Right? Yes. So I think in the same spot, he was feeling pain. Maybe it was tolerable before, but then when his mom died, there's so much stress that it just hurt a lot more than normal. Totally, yes. So in his workplace, um, he actually got transferred to another work group. Mm -hmm. And the strange thing about it is he actually would make unfounded accusation accusations sorry i can't even talk today i'm so sorry accusations <laughs> of, of harassment and there was product tampering of fellow uh repairmen against him mm-hmm. yeah wait are they like he false would, accusations that's what they're saying he would falsely accuse them of bullying him basically and sabotaging his work He had a great deal of, like, he had difficulty placating his anger. Oh, that sounds like a psychopathy or sociopathy. Yeah, kind of thing to do. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. It was reported that his coworkers and other members of his team started to ostracize him. Like, they started to make him feel isolated and withdrawn. Yeah, because he's a weirdo. Yeah, because he was lying about them. Totally. Like, you're not going to want to work with something that, that is lying all the time and make you feel like, oh, I did something wrong when I didn't. You know what I well, mean? It's more like, you know, like, why would I hang out with a freaking pathological liar when yes. I'm not, I didn't do anything to you? Like, you can probably yeah. fabricate some weird, weird ass accusations to some like, throw me off. Like, exactly. Right? He's like, oh, yeah, they're harassing me and they're sabotaging my work. And they're they like, no, anything. we're not. No, we like, stop anything. it. What are you talking about? Oh, God. His anger was so bad that he actually like reportedly made threats, threats against the other co-workers lives. He threatened oh, them oh. because he was that angry of a person. Wow. Yeah. Something is going to turn sinister from here. I I can sense it. (laughs) Yep. All right. So before we get into the actual crime, you know, we're going to go a little bit into the case. Mm -hmm. So according to coworkers, they talked to the forensic psychiatrist, Dr. Michael Wollner, who interviewed Byron prior to his trial. Okay. Uh, as early as, I think, 1995, he was okay. openly speaking of carrying out a mass shooting at the workplace where he was eventually to be fired. What? Yeah. He said if he were ever fired, he said he was going to do a mass shooting. But I guess the thing is, though, you know what? A lot of times when mm. people say shit like this, they're not ta- they're normally not taken seriously because people are like, yeah, mm-hmm. I know you're not going to do that. Exactly. They think. They thought, right? (laughs) 
But I guess his coworkers didn't know about his background, his accident, or like maybe he didn't pay attention when his mom passed away, or maybe yeah. he did tell them and they just didn't believe him because he was such a pathological liar. liar. Yeah. yeah. So according to the psychiatrist, um, they say he found that he suffered from delusion disorder and paranoia, oh. but they didn't find him dangerous. That's that's most of the cases. <laughs> yeah. So. Byron said that he heard voices in his head and he would see a black shadow following him around. So he had auditory hallucinations and visual hallucinations because he's hearing a voice and he's seeing a a dark figure. That sounds like schizophrenia. Just saying a little bit. Sounds kind of familiar, you know, guys. Yes. So he alleged that there was a conspiracy and his home was bugged and there were people listening to him. He was convinced that the government was, like, keeping tabs on him. And he felt that his coworkers were engaged in patterns of harassment, backstabbing behavior, and they were spreading rumors about him. He felt like he was the butt end of the joke all the time. He didn't feel like a coworker. He felt like a punching bag. You know what I mean? You know what? Since, you know, like, this, what, what the stuff that you previously mentioned... I kind of thought like whatever accusations that you ma- that he made about yeah. his coworkers were probably out of his delusion. Most likely. Yeah. Yeah, because by the time like he's making them feel like they're doing something wrong, but yeah. maybe internally he was feeling like they he were harassing him. It. He believed that they were bullying him. Right. Like they were ostracizing him, which they eventually did. Yeah. Because of his lies. Because of his lies. But his exactly. lies were caused because of the voices. Yeah. So it's just like a circle of just like a vicious cycle. Yeah, a vicious cycle. Oh basically. So he actually told his brother in 1993, he told his brother Dennis yeah. that he felt a shadow and it pinned him down. And he couldn't move. Sounds supernatural. So the family obviously got freaked out. You know, them being Japanese, they believe in They're certain... They're superstitious, yes. Very superstitious. So they actually invited a Shingon priest in 1997, mm-hmm. hoping that it would help him. So they had the house blessed. They had everything, you know, checked out. The priest came and was like, um... Maybe it's not cursed, you know. Maybe your son is just having, like... I don't sense he has a either. mental illness. Like, the minister thought that. Like, the... The priest that the came priest to bless the house. That. Yeah, that came to bless the house. He was like, um, your house is fine. It's clean. But I think your son... I think there's something wrong with him. Because I think you should get that checked out. So then his father actually suggested to Byron, maybe you should see a psychiatrist. Yes. You know? If the priest says that. <laughs> so... Yeah, if the priest is saying, this ain't no exorcist shit. There's something yeah. wrong with your child. <laughs> like, there's a difference. <laughs> like, anyway, so, like, obviously the dad was like, okay, you know what? Let's go get this checked out. I feel bad, especially if there is something wrong with you. Yes. Let's go see a psychiatrist. So, prior to the incident, mm-hmm. Xerox management increasingly committed to phasing out the copier that Byron was working on that he had been servicing. Oh. So remember at the time, like they would switch out older models and get newer models, especially if they were more high tech. Okay. So he resisted learning the new machine. He just refused. Freaking stubborn as fuck. He was actually fearing that he could not keep up with the technical demands of the company. 
Like, he just couldn't keep up. Like, he couldn't learn. He was just adamant. Like, he refused training on the new machine. Dude, but you... He refused to learn <laughs> about it. You live and you learn. That's how you do your work. Yeah. Well, he's something else. He is something else. He was absolutely stubborn. He was adamant that he just would not learn it. He was like, I work on this machine. I will only work on this machine. I refuse to learn anything. And if you bring in a new machine, I'm not going to service it for you. And the company kept trying, like, come on, we really want you as a technician. You're, like, good at your job or whatever. Yeah. Like, you need to learn how to do this in order to continue in this company. Side note, that's actually a really good employer. That is a very good employer. If freaking... If I were the employer, I would have just freaking fired his ass. So on the day before the incident, on November 1st, he told him that he signed him up for training on November Mm, 2nd. He did not like that at all. (gasps) He did not. Oh, my God. So apparently in his interview with the forensic psychiatrist. Yes. Right. Dr. Waltner. When he was examined... He brought the insanity defense. Of course. And he reasoned that because he would refuse to undertake the training, the management said that they would fire him. And he told the doctor, he's like, I decided to give them a reason to fire me. What? Yeah, that was his defense. He pled insanity because he decided to give them the reason to fire him because he refused to, be to do training. Exactly. I can't wrap my head around it. It's so ridiculous. I can't. I was like, you wouldn't believe how many times I read that over, that section of this case. It, right? this I was like, <laughs> so wait, you mean to tell me you refused training, you gave your boss a reason to fire you, and then you were upset that he wanted to fire you <laughs> because you won't. Do the training. You were like, what are you supposed <laughs> to do at that point? If I was the employer, hell yeah, I would fire him. I would have fired his ass a long by time now. Ago, you know. So reading with disbelief. <laughs> exactly. So Byron, he was you know livid that he had to do the training on November second. So uh, guess what he did on that uh, day? So he went into the Xerox building that he worked uh, at. Okay. And he opened fire what? with a 9mm Glock. What? Yeah. What? He went in there in a fit of rage. He, they because they put him Because of training. the whole situation. <gasps> yes. This yes. guy is crazy. He ended up killing his supervisor and six co-workers. That's a mass shooting. Yep. The f- Which he admitted to doing if he was threatened with being fired. Remember? But they didn't fire you, dude. They ask you to be trained so exactly. you can continue working there. What the fuck? Luckily, another uh, employee fled the scene. He was able to escape. But imagine how terrifying that is. You know Jesus. what I mean? That PTSD, though. <laughs> Years yeah. of treatment afterwards, exactly. definitely. But you know what this this guy did? You want to know what Byron did? No. You don't want to know? I don't know. Like, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm still trying to like wrap my head around it. Like, what the fuck? I know. What he ended up doing was he stole a company van and fled the scene after he shot his coworkers and his supervisor. Um, the audacity. Right? I could not believe. First of all, you refused to be trained to operate the new machine. Yeah. Second of all, you 
did a freaking god like goddamn massive sh- like mass shooting. Exactly. Killed shit ton of your coworkers, and you had the audacity to use the company car to to flee the scene. To run away. What? I know. And let me tell you something. The police in Honolulu had to close down seven freaking streets because of this guy. Imagine the, tra- the traffic. traffic. I was just thinking that. Oh my god! Like imagine this is this was in Toronto. Oh god! Oh Everyone god. would be so pissed off. They'd be like, "Um, just hand yourself in. We have places to go. Exactly. People like, to see. You're things wasting to do. my time. Hello. Exactly. They actually had him cornered in the mountains above a uh, downtown Honolulu. Oh, okay. Finally, after like five hours, five hours of a standoff, he finally, finally, like, gave himself up to the police at 3 p.m. Wow. I know. So basically, all morning, this guy went in first thing in the morning, shot up his co-workers and his supervisor, fled the scene, caused traffic in the morning, and then finally gave himself up at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. For nothing, basically. For nothing. <laughs> a crime he was guilty of. Of course. Solid. So some of the name of his victims yes. were Christopher Balatico, Ford Kanahira, Ronald Kataoka, Kataoka, yes, Ronald Kawame, Melvin Lee, mm-hmm. Peter Mark, John Sakamoto. Okay. Now... I don't know what was the name of the one that ran away, okay. the co-worker. No it wasn't stated, no. Okay. So, at the time when this happened, he was like, what, in his 30s? Okay. About? Yeah. So, he only had a trial that lasted a month. Oh, okay. He was 40 years old, and his trial began on May 15th, the year 2000. So, it's fairly recent. Yeah. Fairly recent. I mean, it was 21 years ago, but anyways, recent. Waited for like, yeah. He pleaded not guilty by reasons of insanity. Insanity, of course. And he claimed that he felt like an outcast at work and that he feared his colleagues were conspiring against him to get him fired. What? Yeah, he was totally convinced that his co-workers were conspiring against him to get him fired. What? I know. That made no sense whatsoever. No, dude. You're not making any sense right now. <laughs> okay. So, according to two other doctors, I'm guessing they're working for the defense. Yeah. Right? So, Dr. Park Dietz and Dr. Daryl Matthews, they testified for the defense and said that he was insane. Studying he the, was? Yeah. He was insane. Yes. They were trying that for the defense. Uh, okay. Yeah. Citing that the delusions about how others were tampering with his fish. Remember, he breeds goldfish and koi fish. So he believed that people were tampering with him breeding them. I don't know where his fish came up in all of this, but I don't think anybody's tampering with your goddamn fish, okay? How can you freaking tamper someone's fish reading business? I don't know. I don't even know. Oh, my God. So, Dr. Wallner, the one who uh, assessed him in the first place, um, he testified for the prosecution that although he believed that Byron was, in his opinion, schizophrenic, Mm -hmm. 
He carried out the shooting because he was angry that he was being fired for insubordination. Uh. And that his own account of concealment before the crime demonstrated that he knew what he was doing. And he knew that it was wrong. Yeah, like he was, he had a clear mind. Dr. Welliner firmly believed that what he was doing was a crime. He knew exactly what he was planning to do. First thing in the morning. Like, you're telling me he didn't look at all his firearms and think, you know, maybe today's the day. No, he planned it out. Dr. Wellner firmly believed that he planned it out. I mean, this is totally premeditated because he made the threat already. He did. Previously, remember? He was threatening his co-workers' lives. Exactly. And he was lying, saying that they harassed him, that they bullied him. They did ostracize him because who's going to want to work with a person that's saying shit about you exactly and spreading lies that's yeah. what he did he lied that sounds like fucking borderline personality this dude is having what the hell man exactly yeah it makes no sense the, now the jury the jury could not believe what they were hearing they're like you're not insane no. like you straight up went to work shot your co-workers ran away and then gave yourself up yeah like it's it's just it's plain as day honestly at that point Ah, totally. Because no one in the right sense is going to think, yeah, he wasn't his fault. He did not know. No. None of the signs show that. You know what I mean? He knew damn well what the fuck he was doing. He still did it. Yes. So they accuse him of seven murders and one attempted murder. Oh, my God. So the, so the six that died that were his coworkers and the one that was his supervisor, seven. And then the coworker that ran away was the attempted murder. Because he fled the scene, right? So he, yes. if he was there, he would have been killed. So like for seven sure. counts of murder plus one count mm-hmm. of uh, uh, attempted murder. Yes. So in Hawaii, he actually received the sentence of a life with no chance of parole. Ooh, good. He was not given the chance because Hawaii doesn't actually have the death penalty. Because remember, it's it. the states, right? And yeah, in that true. state, they do not have the murder penalty. Yes. He tried to appeal his conviction in 2002. Yeah. The state of Hawaii was not having it. The <laughs> Supreme Court was like, no, you committed this heinous crime. You tried to weasel your way out of it, saying that I was delusional. I didn't know what I was doing. And this decision is not fair. The, is for not me. fair because I was being bullied, but he lied about the bullying. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Fucking liar. Because remember, they inv- they interviewed all his his Co-workers, colleagues. Yeah. Right. So obviously, they were like, "No, this is what he used to say." Here's the reports. Because in Xerox, even at that time, because everything has like a archive. You know, yes, with all the instances. Exactly, and those were like hard yeah. archives. Yeah, exactly. So you're seeing it on paper. Yes. In black and white. And remember, those those would have his signature on it. Because the, that that's the thing. Because when you work in the corporate, anything that happens, the corporate always keeps like a record. Yeah. So they file, for example, there's some sort of complaint. Yes. Among coworkers and stuff, you know, between coworkers. Yes. And there has anything, to be a formal investigation. Formal in, internal investigation. Yes. yes. If necessary, external in, in term, um, investigation might get involved. And after the whole thing, you have to file a report. So yeah. both sides of the party need to sign on it to keep archive. That's mm-hmm. how it works. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, obviously, the Supreme Court upheld his conviction. They were like, there's no way yeah. we're going to give you parole or even a chance to be outside. You're just spend the rest of your days in jail because this is where you belong. Sorry, bud. And you know what, asshole? Two more years for like for appealing. <laughs> 
for the audacity. No. So in 2004, he was considering fighting his conviction conviction, sorry, based on Rule 40, yeah. which states that there was inadequate representation by his lawyers in his first trial. Uh, wow. He basically blamed his lawyers, the ones that fought for his plea of insanity, <gasps> and said that you didn't do your job. Um, clearly, I'm not, you know, I'm insane, and I know that I'm insane. What? But I have enough knowledge to know that I had inadequate representation. Therefore... I need a retrial because my lawyers didn't do their job. Oh, you're blaming on the freaking incompetence of your lawyer. Yes. And these guys are fighting for him. They probably knew. They'll probably look at this like, damn it. Yeah, they're guilty as shit. But we're still going to fight and try to make it seem like, you know. Yeah, because we're professional. Exactly. And yeah, he basically blamed them for losing his case. He was not happy with it at all. Oh, no. (laughs) And in 2005, a year later, after they, you know, said... Heck no, we're not having a retrial. Uh, Xerox and the hospital that examined Byron Ayasugi settled a lawsuit by the families. Because they mm-hmm. there was a lawsuit brought on by the families of the victims, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. felt that both the company and the court, they ignored clear signs of Byron's mental instability. Because remember, he told Dr. Walner, had he been fired, he would have had a mass shooting, which he did do because there were threats of like him being fired Mm -hmm. because he didn't want to sign up to learn about the machine. He clearly refused training from his employer and his employer said, listen, if you're not going to do it, we're going to have to let you go. But I'm going to give you I gave you multiple chances, you know? Yeah. And he was still like. Nah, I think I'm good. I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to learn this machine. I refuse to learn it. You had me working on this, like, machine A for many years. Yeah. Now you're saying machine B is the new one? No, I'm not working on it. It doesn't work like this. Never. And no, no, no job in this world. God damn it. No. Even with doctors, they always have to be on top of, like, different treatments and different, like, like, new findings. Yeah. Right? So I'm like, if you, like, are not doing that, imagine if doctors didn't do that. No. Like, in more serious jobs. Imagine if they didn't take their job seriously. Any job. You know? Any job. He's actually still alive, and he's still serving his sentence in Tallahatchie County Correctional Facility in Tutwiler, Mississippi. So he's not in Hawaii. He's in Mississippi. He got transported out of uh, Hawaii. Yes. the island. You want to know why? Why? There was overcrowding. And inadequate facilities to house prisoners in isolation at Halawa Correctional Facility. Ooh. Yeah. You know what? Because remember, Hawaii is very small. Yes. Right? So there's not a lot of places for them to have correctional facilities because you don't want to have, like, basically a whole state just for correctional facilities. You, you know, know what, what I mean? The thing is, though, um, I, I do want to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. It's like a story in the story. Okay. <laughs> so, Go um,. It's a fun fact. Now, do you know that California, Mm -hmm. back then, used to have a weird rule Mm -hmm. that to basically shred their um, their uh, their prisoner's sentence by shred. Okay, this is how it works. Remember, he got transported out of uh, out of Hawaii, yeah, into Mississippi, 
Yes. Right? Because the prison was actually overcrowding. Yes. So in California, what they did was, because of the prison system was overcrowding, yes. instead of transporting them out, mm-hmm. they would shred their sentences. For example, uh, uh, quote unquote, they call it good behavior. Yeah. In the, well, when they're serving their sentence, right? Yes. For example, if someone applies for a job mm-hmm. working in the prison, for example, they want to do, okay, I want to be, if they if they have the like classes and stuff, they want to yeah, be the teaching assistant. Yeah, or they did schooling or each, trade. Each day they mm-hmm. work will be will be a day um, closer to, the, to their release. So they're wow. sh- each, for each day they worked, they will shred that day off their sentence. Yeah, for I've example, seen that they have five years yeah. and they work for two years. They only need to serve three years. So five minus the two years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of that. That's so fucked up. Especially with heinous crimes. Like, I guess they didn't monitor which guys did what crime. Yeah. For the longest time, Now they do. Now they do for, like, petty crimes and shit. Yeah. They do, like, you know, good behavior and stuff like that for people that are not really a threat to society. Yeah. But for people that commit murders and stuff like that, they shouldn't be let off. But you know what the thing is, though? Like, back Mm -hmm. then when they were doing that... They didn't prioritize those freaking crimes. Like, they are all the same. Prisoner is a prisoner. They would, like, they would release those freaking heinous murderers. Yeah. Instead of, like, someone, you know, instead of someone who smuggles, like, mm-hmm. drugs. Like, for example, smuggles fucking marijuana yeah. into the country. They would, like, release those murderers first before yes. those uh, mar- marijuana s- smugglers. Isn't that That's crazy? That's not fair. And also, when they're doing that, they were actually doing it behind the citizen's back. Like of they course, were not informed because there the would public. be an uproar if people knew about it. Totally, and it was just hell of shitty. Yeah. Was fucking like, what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. Like, you want to hear another interesting little tidbit? Yes, please. <laughs> so after the shooting, yeah, Xerox actually vacated that building immediately. So after all the police was done looking at all yeah. the evidence and things like that, and they cleaned up the building. Yes, they vacated it. Yeah. They didn't want their company on that spot because of what happened, obviously. They probably thought it's haunted. No, no. They just thought it was bad for press. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. They actually stood idle about the situation. Like, they didn't want to talk about it too much because it was Mm. like a stain on the reputation. Yeah. You know? But it was when the producers of the show lost. You remember that show? Yes. They built a sound studio there to film indoor scenes. What? Yeah. That's the spot? That's the spot where oh Lost was filmed. Oh my god, that's so cool. I used to love that show. I did. When I was younger, like, I used to love that show. Okay, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert about the show. You know what the show is based on, right? Yes. Purgatory. Yes. Lots of people don't know that. They're like, oh, they got on the plane and, you know, there's white light and then it's done. That's because they all actually died on that plane crash, guys. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually purgatory <laughs> on that show. Anyways, poor Byron, you know. Poor Byron? Poor Byron, who got bullied, you know, who wasn't his fault, you know, for yeah. spreading lies and rumors and harassment Oh my accusations. God, what a victim. What a victim. Right? He totally A self-proclaimed that. victim, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, ironic. I know. Like, literally, any, any employer in this goddamn world wouldn't keep someone like this. They're nope. giving them... They were literally, literally giving him chances after chances. Like, that was so kind of the employer. I'm just saying, me as a freaking employer, I freaking fired him. I would have just let him go. Freaking, yeah, who don't actually perform. And I would have banned him from the building. Totally. Like, he's because a psychopath. He is a psychopath, and he was known to lie. 
I would have been like, he's barred from the building. I do not want him back on the premises. Yeah. You know, that would be me as an employer, especially if I'm seeing his behavior with other coworkers and they're complaining to me saying he is a liar. He's manipulative. He says that we ruin his work when we're just trying to get shit done. Yeah. And on top of that, he's continuously playing the victim when yeah. he is in fact not. No, he's not. And also another thing is when you're when you're looking at the, this whole thing, right? Yeah. Honestly, after after people making the claim of mm-hmm. his threat to do a mass shooting if he gets fired, yeah. they should be alarmed. That was I, proof alone. I know it's kind of, you know, kind of like a hindsight thing. Like mm-hmm. now you're looking back, you're like, oh my God, they should totally be yeah. proactive when exactly. people have, you know, act like this. I mean, back then, a lot of times, it's kind of like you are never, you're never ready to fight a war that you're not prepared of, like you're un- unaware of. Yeah. Back then, people didn't. There wasn't a lot of, you know, examples of mm-hmm. crimes like this, you know? Yeah. So people were not expecting, you know, people to actually do a fucking mass shooting. Yeah. You know, like, you can't really blame the employer or the psychiatrist for not, mm-hmm. you know, actually, for not taking him seriously. Because back mm-hmm. then, you have to consider, like, the times were different. Yes. Right now, because we have so many previous examples of stuff like this. Yes. And, of course, when we hear about this stuff, I'm like, whoa, shit, that's, that's alarming. Yeah. I'm going to report it to the police and you're going to get locked up. Exactly. Right? So people would keep, like, keeping that record. And also, uh, when this kind of stuff happens, they would, like, they would inform, re- report this whole thing. To the mm-hmm. to the authorities for mm-hmm. sure, right? Just so people can actually watch him. Yeah. But back then, the times were different. People yes. were more innocent back then too. I feel so. Yeah. Right. So because they can never imagine people actually committing the crimes that they've been committing. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And this is really fucked up crime, like a mass shooting. It's yeah. on a totally different level. When we're talking about serial killers, they were killing individuals. Yeah. Mass shooting is kind of like you're taking avenge, like a like a revenge, revenge on yeah. someone, you know, on a group of people. That's why yes. you're doing this. Like, what kind of hatred you have to have? It wasn't even that. It was like this what really crime. pissed me off is he had the absolute freaking nerve to say that his own team, his own defense team, did a bad job when you did a fucking genocide, and you were yeah. like, oh, the genocide is like. Not, no, oh, that's not that like bad. not that bad. He's like, like I'm crazy. Hey, don't point fingers at me. I'm the mentally ill one. Like, come on, guys. Oh, bro, you're not. I totally didn't know what I was doing with my 25 guns in my house. I totally wasn't going to shoot anybody with it. Yeah, it's not it, like I was prepared or anything. It's like sometimes people are like, okay, you know what? Some some really ironic serial yeah. killers, they will, they'll kill someone and yeah. they'll be like, Oh, I didn't mean to kill this person. I just like freaking stabbed yeah. this person for fun. I didn't mean to kill him. I just wanted to freaking. I just want to see really, how really it was bad. like, you know. I just want to freaking like slash this throat and be yeah. like and see what would happen. What do you think that would happen? I'm happy that the jury didn't find him insane. No, totally. You know what I mean? Because he would have gotten away with that shit. <laughs> if I were but they, the they no, nah, I'd be like, hang him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'd be like five years more. Like five years for wasting our time. Yeah, you have the audacity to appeal. Anyways. Ten more. Fifteen right? more. <laughs> like y'all let's add to a sentence. He already has life. I mean, it doesn't really matter, but like it looks better. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's just like, all right, we're not having your yeah, shit. Whatever. You want yeah. ten more years? You want ten more years? Go ahead. Just saying. You know what? It's it's already life. So. He already has no parole though. True. But the the thing is in Canada we have fucking parole. <laughs> we do. Yeah. 
I, oh my, I'm gonna tell you some cases in the future that's gonna freaking like our past one, Mr. Vince Lee. Off. Just saying. Yeah, that that guy and, is something else. <sighs> let's not go back and no. talk about that. If you're wondering what Anyways. happened, and if you missed that episode, go back to listen to it. Exactly. You'll like it. Well, it'll frustrate you, but anyways, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It was interesting to hear about, you know, Hawaii. Yeah, it's a beautiful country, nonetheless. Yes, they're or not territory. They're not um, a place that has a crap ton of crime. No, you know? no, it's actually very chill. Yeah, they are very relaxed type of people. Too. Totally, and people are, as we said, people are super nice and. In Hawaii. In Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah, they're super nice. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Yes, it was very good. And very thank fun. you for the storytelling. It was You're very welcome. fun. You're welcome. And if you haven't checked out our friend, what a... What? What the Quam? What the Quam? Yeah, Amanda and Pamela. What the Quam? Go check them out, guys. Check them really out. Good, really good, really friendly. Really good. Super awesome. Literally, their conversations are so relatable. Each yes. week, they have like a different topic that they're rolling about and they're exactly. venting about. Yeah, I personally related to, <laughs> related to them so hard. Like I was talking to Amanda mm-hmm. the other day. I'm like, "Girl, no shit, right? Like Jesus, daily struggles, <laughs> right? It was so good. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, go check guys. them out. Go check them and, out. And um, we'll see you next week. See you. Bye. Bye.